Hello, and welcome to the Christwalk Church Podcast. Good morning, Christwalk. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. Right? Two more days till the big day. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. So glad to see you guys. Um, it, this has been just an amazing Christmas season uh, for me and my family, um, I have good news to share. Um, I present great tidings full of wonderful joy. The last load from our rental house has been moved into the garage at our new house. And so that long and arduous process. And so we are, we are officially in um, to, to the house that we just built. And um, that baby's got a 30-year mortgage, so you got to look at us for 30 more years. You're going to see this face right here, so just buckle up, because that's what it's going to be. Um, but uh, beyond that, this Christmas season, um, this first one as the pastor of Christ Walk has just been incredible, and um, it's, it, it, it really kind of, it's, it's all kind of culminated um, over these past couple weeks. Man, Friday night, for those of you that were here uh, for Christmas at Christwalk, we had an awesome time just celebrating the birth of our Savior, um, the, the worship team and the creative team, the guest services. Um, they pulled out all the stops, and it was, it was absolutely awesome. Um, and I just love coming together with, with church family and doing those sorts of things. And then the way you guys have responded just in your generosity um, uh, has, been, has been amazing. Um, the, the Christ Walk Cares Outreach project that we've been doing to collect supplies and goods and, and funds for uh, Nassau County Schools Families in Transition Program and then uh, sharing hope and reaching people here on the island um, I'm overwhelmed at everything that you guys have brought in. And, and this past week, our staff, we went to Walmart and we were purchasing a number of supplies that weren't on the list that we gave you to provide to Sharp. And it's interesting the looks you get when you're pushing four buggies through Walmart that are stacked up to like here full of stuff. And I called the, the leader of the organization, her name is Robin. I called Robin and I said, hey, Robin, I've got some stuff to bring you for Sharp. And she said, okay, well, come on over and you can drop it off. And I did. And we, we opened the back gate on the SUV and like stuff was literally falling out. And she said, Christwalk Church has outdone themselves. And she grabbed a hold of me. There was tears in her eyes. She just grabbed a hold of me and gave me a big hug. And she said, this is going to make all the difference. And it's because of you guys and the things that you have done. And then last week, we also talked about a family in our congregation that their house burned down, pretty much a total loss. Um, and you guys have answered the bell once again. And we put up a fund on the website, and we're talking about um, a situation changing amount that you guys have donated to the cause that's going to help them get back on their feet, help them to get back into a home to figure out how to begin to put the pieces together so that they can move forward into the new year. And over and above that, 
We've had numbers of you that have reached out to that family to provide. I know one of our small groups provided a bunch of uh, Walmart gift cards to meet specific needs, like right up front. And then others of you have come, come beside them and to provide uh, food and to provide clothes and other, other items of need, as well as just prayer support. And then one lady in our church, her name's Brandy Riley. She also serves in Kids Walk. She was connected with the kids of that family from being back in Kids Walk. She took it upon herself to get their Christmas list. And then she enlisted her entire neighborhood out in Yulee. And they brought in donations. She just put the list out there. And everybody pulled together. And they, they, they filled out the kids' Christmas list. And then one lady in the neighborhood, she was actually moving to a new house. And she decided to get all new stuff, a bunch of new furniture and dishes and silverware and all kinds of things. And she said, you know, I was going to sell this, but instead you just take this and give this to this family so that when they move into their new house, thank you guys so much for your generosity. You are changing lives in this community and you are inspiring people that don't even go here to be a part of what God is doing in and through this community. And so I'm so thankful, and it is truly an honor to be your pastor. And this has been an incredible Christmas season, and it's not over yet. We still have some days to go, and I've got something that I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart for this morning as we close out our series, Stories of Christmas. So if you've got your Bible or a smart device, I want to encourage you to turn with me, swipe with me to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to be right there in chapter 1, the, the very beginning. So right there, the beginning of the New Testament. Our Bibles are divided into these two big sections. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then at the beginning of the New Testament, that second section in our Bible, we have these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that are called the Gospels. And gospel means good news. And those are good news because they tell the story of Jesus. And over the past four weeks, we have been looking at his story and how he entered into the world on that very first Christmas. Three weeks ago, we looked at the Gospel of John in chapter 1. And we learned that before the world began, the gift of Jesus was God's plan. And then the week after that, we looked at Luke chapter 2, and we discovered that the Christmas story is our story. And then last week, we, uh, we looked at Mary's story, and we found out that faith leads to fulfillment, that because of her faith in what the angel came to tell her, because she put her faith in God, it was fulfilled, his plan was fulfilled in her life through the birth of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to continue on by looking at the story of Joseph out of Matthew chapter 1. We're going to land there in just a moment. You know, I've talked about this before, but um, approximately, uh, the, not approximately, specifically, the day after Halloween, um, November 1st, my wife begins to play Christmas music in the house, in the car, like everywhere. Um, it's like Thanksgiving. Like we don't even worry about Thanksgiving. Um, we just get right to Christmas. And so we have two full months of Christmas music. And um, then the radio stations kind of follow her lead a few days after that. 
Uh, you know, she kind of sets the tone and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we, we probably need to get to that. And so they start playing Christmas music. And, and every year, um, one of the songs that I hear, it seems like I hear this song um, a lot more, more than any of the other ones is, any, any of you familiar with Andy Williams? Anybody know I'm talking about? Yeah, you know, he's got like this big band kind of thing, and it's, it's really not my style, but for whatever reason, every time it comes on, like I just, I kind of get into it, and I'm bobbing my head and, you know, swinging my arms around, and at the red light, people are like, what's up with that guy? You know, they're like seeing me in my car, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs, and he sings this song that always comes on, and I feel like I hear this over and over and over. It's a song, and it's called, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the year. You know, you guys could probably sing it. And then, and then he stutters a little bit. It's the hap, happiest season of all. Thank you. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap, happiest season of all. But what about when it's not? Right? What about when it isn't? Do you ever hear that song and, and start to sing and feel like that you're trying to convince yourself a little bit, that you're trying to coach yourself up, like, like yeah, you know, I got to get into the spirit. This is supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be wonderful. But for me, it's just not. Sometimes Christmas kind of stinks a little bit, right? Has anybody ever felt that way before? Anybody ever, ever felt that the Christmas season, like instead of anticipating and looking forward to it, you just can't wait until it's over, right? For many of us, this is the case. Too often our experiences around the holidays simply do not live up to the expectation that society places on the Christmas season. And many times our, our present joy is overshadowed by past pain and suffering, resulting in feelings of doubt, feelings of confusion, betrayal, heartbreak, rejection, anguish. We go to bed at night during the holidays and we are, we are tortured, tormented in our minds, in our hearts, and in our souls. And I dare say that if we went around the room and we were, to, we were to take a poll of everybody that's gathered here today, everybody that's joining in online with us this morning, we would, we would be shocked, we would be surprised at the things that people are dealing with, the hurts that they are harboring in their lives, the, the pain that they are experiencing in the midst of what's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. That's the expectation. But you know what? The first Christmas wasn't any different at all. In fact, that first Christmas, Matthew records it this way in chapter 1, starting in verse 18. He says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was engaged to marry Joseph. But before they married, she learned she was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Mary's husband, Joseph, was a good man, he did not want to disgrace her in public, so he planned to divorce her secretly. While Joseph thought about these things, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. And the angel said, Joseph, descendant of David, 
Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, my favorite verse in all of scripture right here. She will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this happened to bring about what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be pregnant. She will have a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the Lord's angel had told him to do. Joseph took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to the son. And Joseph named him Jesus. Now, imagine the situation that is taking place in Joseph's life right now. Imagine this picture that Matthew is painting for us at this first Christmas. Joseph's fiance Mary goes away to visit her cousin Elizabeth for three months. And upon her return back to him, something is different. A baby bump has started to reveal itself. And Joseph thinks, surely my eyes are playing tricks on me. How could this have happened? Why would she do this to me? I thought she loved me. Am I not good enough for her? What now? How do I move on from this? And no doubt on the front page of the Galilean Gazette that year, extra, extra, read all about it, scandal. Local carpenter engaged to pregnant young peasant girl. No doubt the town of Nazareth at that time was flooded with rumors of Mary's love affair and questions about the identity of the father of this new child. Just imagine the looks that Joseph may have gotten, the snickers he would have overheard out in the streets for being thought to be the alleged father of this illegitimate child. All the while, he, know, he, he knew that it was not him. It seemed that Joseph's only choice, he thought, to maintain his good name was to break off this engagement with Mary. And for Mary, this would have resulted in her being disowned by her family, exiled from her city, and the possibility of even her being stoned to death. But yet in the midst of it all, God remained in control. He knew that the accusations would come against Joseph and Mary. He knew the anguish and heartbreak that it would cause Joseph, thinking that Mary was an adulteress, even after she tried to continually convince him otherwise. And he knew the stigma that would be attached to this family by many who didn't believe that Jesus was God's son in the first place. So in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the hurt, in the midst of all the pain, God sent an angel to Joseph to prove that Mary was telling the truth. And through the angel's perspective, God brought Joseph purpose. And my big idea for today and what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes is simply this. 
There is purpose found in our pain. There is purpose found in our pain. For those of you that are taking notes, I want to encourage you to write down these, these four things, four ways that purpose is found in our pain. Number one, the first way, our pain prompts us. Our pain prompts us. The angel said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. God was simply prompting Joseph to trust in him. Just trust me. I know it doesn't seem like a good situation. I know it looks to be different than what it really is, but Joseph, I just need you to trust in me. For some of us that are gathered here today, God is, is asking you, he's challenging you. The situation may not make sense, but he's just, I just need you to trust me in this. I've got it under control. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, one of my favorite passages, trust the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. When it doesn't make sense, still trust in the Lord. Remember the Lord in all you do and he will give you success. For some of us, it may not add up. It may not make sense. We don't understand why we are going through what we are going through, why the situation has presented itself the way that it has and why we have to hurt the way that we do. But God is simply saying, I just need you to trust in me. Your pain is prompting you to trust God this Christmas season. The second thing, our pain not only prompts us, but it prepares us. Our pain prepares us. Matthew wrote, she will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Some of you need to understand this morning that God isn't winging it. All right. He's not trying to figure it out on the fly. Oh, how can I make this work? And if I move this around and oh goodness, what are we going to do? It's not like a chess match that God is trying to get one step ahead of the enemy. You can flip to the back of the book. It's already done. It's over. It is finished. He has won. God isn't trying to just figure out how to make it all work for you and your life. He's already got it planned out and we just have to, we just have to trust him. He's, he's prepared in advance for us the things that we are going to experience. And, and if, we will, if we will lean into the promptings of the Holy Spirit during this pain and, and during this adversity, then God is going to bring us through on the other side and, and, and we will become who he has called us to be, who he has prepared in advance for us to become because our pain prepares us. The angel visited Joseph and, and told, her he was, uh, told him he was, he was preparing Joseph for what was about to take place place in his life. Joseph, the reason you're experiencing this pain is because of this. He was proving the purpose and preparing Joseph for the road that was laid out before him to walk. Romans 8, 28, Paul writes this. He says, we know that in everything, 
God works for the good of those who love him. They are the people he called because that was his plan. Everything that we experience, even the dark times, can be part of God's plan for us. And he's just simply saying, I just need you to trust me. I just need you to trust me. I've got this, but you just need to trust me. Our pain prompts us. Our pain prepares us. Number three, our pain perfects us. Our pain perfects us. Matthew writes, all of this happened to bring about what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be pregnant. She will have a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Going all the way back to the Old Testament, Matthew was writing that these things are taking place to prove true what the prophets had already said was going to happen. And Joseph finds himself in the midst of this pain, but he becomes a part of the story. He becomes the linchpin to helping this prophecy become true. And Joseph finds himself in the midst of that pain, but he discovered that it wasn't God that was punishing him. Instead, God was producing something in him. And when we experience pain in our life, it's not because God is trying to punish us. It's because he's trying to develop something in us. Filmmakers and, and, and photographers, they use dark rooms in order to produce their pictures. And in order for, for a picture to turn out correctly, it, it can't be exposed to the light for a time. It has to sit in the dark and, and, and mull things over a little bit. And something, something miraculous takes place as all the chemicals come together. and Things get lined up exactly the way that they need to be. And then it turns into a beautiful photograph. But for a while, it's just sitting there in the dark. And some of us are experiencing pain and darkness has enshrouded itself over our lives and we've just got to continue to trust because it is through that pain, it is during that darkness that God is perfecting us. He is, he is purifying us. He, he is producing some things in us to create us exactly how he wants us to be. James writes about it in chapter one of his book. He says, my brothers and sisters, when, not if, when you have many kinds of troubles, you should be full of joy because you know that these troubles test your faith and this will give you patience. Verse four, let your patience show itself perfectly in what you do. Then you will be perfect and complete and will have everything you need. When you face troubles, when you face adversity, count it all to joy and then you will be made perfect and complete. God's not punishing us. He's producing something in us to make us perfect as he is. There is purpose in our pain to prompt us, to prepare us, to perfect us, and then finally, our pain prospers us. Our pain prospers us. 
Matthew wrote, Joseph took Mary as his wife and she gave birth to her son. And Joseph named him Jesus. See, Joseph was not just the innocent bystander in the story. Joseph became a central piece of the story. That Joseph, Joseph, he, he finds himself in the midst of this pain, but because he leaned in, because he didn't push it to the side, Joseph then becomes the one to fulfill the prophecy, to, to be the one to do what the angel had said was going to happen. And Joseph was the one who named him Jesus. See, God wants his very best to be fulfilled in us. And if we'll lean into the pain, if we'll fully put our trust in God, God's going to cause us to prosper in the things that he has laid out for us to accomplish. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, I say this because I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. God's got his best in store for you. The mountaintop is, is there, but you may have to walk through the valley to get there. God has his best in store, but you may have to endure a little bit of pain or a lot of pain in order to get there, but it's because God is developing you. God is producing something in you. And, and when you lean in rather than push back, that's when God prospers you in the midst of your pain through what he's producing in your life. But the question is, are we going to choose to focus on what the situation appears to be? Or instead, are we going to choose to focus on what God said it would be? The way we answer that question makes all the difference. Are we going to choose to focus on what the situation appears to be? Or instead, are we going to look at what God said it would be? And in the midst of our pain, step forward and say, God, I trust you. This is the hope that we have right here. Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, no more sadness, no more crying, no more pain, because all the old ways are gone. This is the hope and the message of Christmas, that in the midst of our pain, Jesus came into the world. And because of the pain that he endured on the cross, you and I are given purpose. For those of us who believe on him as Lord and Savior, our suffering in this world is only temporary. His body was broken so that you and I could be made whole. His blood was poured out so that you and I could be forgiven of sin. And through his resurrection, death, hell, and the grave was defeated once and for all. And when our time on this earth is over, we won't hurt any longer. Pain and tears and 
sadness and death will all have ceased to exist. And that is what we celebrate today. That is why we celebrate the coming of a little baby boy who Joseph named Jesus. Because he didn't stay a baby. He grew up to become a man, to walk among us, and to go to a criminal's cross, to be crucified, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. He was striped so that we could be healed. That is what we celebrate this Christmas season. And in just a moment, we're going to partake in communion. One of the most holy of all sacraments. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate Christmas than by partaking of the body of Jesus Christ that was broken so that we could be healed and made whole. The blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out so that we could receive forgiveness of our sins. And as we partake in this communion this morning, it's my prayer that we would all find purpose in the midst of our pain. That our pain would prompt us to trust more fully in God. That our pain would prepare us for what he's wanting to do in our lives in the coming year and beyond. That our pain would perfect us as we face the adversity and the trials of this life and that our pain would prosper us as we look ahead to the good future full of hope that God has in store for all of us. This is the message and the hope and the true meaning of Christmas. There's purpose in our pain but we just have to trust God to get through it and then sit back and watch as he produces in us the thing that he has called us to accomplish. Thank you for joining us today. At Christ Walk Church, we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. For more information about Christ Walk, please visit us at thechristwalk.com.